Welcome to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast with today's guest who created an animated superhero living with type 1 diabetes, Jermaine Hargrove. If you're new to the show, welcome and thanks for stopping by. My name is Amber Kluwer and I enjoy sharing my story and those of other people living their best life with diabetes and is the very reason I created the Diabetes Daily Grind and host this, the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. Jermaine has been on my radar for quite some time and I'm thrilled to finally share his story and ongoing project. He's driven, creative, and easy to talk to. But before we get started, I do have a few quick announcements. Number one, the Diabetes Daily Grind is a nonprofit organization. Funds raised help keep the website, podcast, and advocacy efforts afloat. It's easy. Just click on the donate link in the show notes. Number two, my affiliates page is growing and is the one-stop shop for some killer diabetes deals. Well, in my opinion. So take a look at diabetesdailygrind.com to learn more. And finally, stay engaged. Love, like, share, and comment on all things social media. Sign up for the e-newsletter. Leave an iTunes review. Subscribe to the DDG YouTube channel. And click on the Amazon banner on the website before ordering. It doesn't cost you a thing and throws a little change my way. All right, let's get started. All right, Jermaine, welcome to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. I'm so excited to finally yes. record this after the, all the things that we've had going on. And yes. I want to say to the listeners right now, I'm in a new setting recording this, so there might be animals and other things in the background <laughs> on the video and in the recording. And so this is Real Life Diabetes for Real. So, Jermaine, where are you calling in from? I'm just outside of Glenville, Georgia, just outside of Savannah, not too far from Savannah, Georgia. Have you lived there your whole life? No, I'm actually from Newark, New Jersey. Oh. I've been here, you know, about 10 years. Uh, my wife's from here, but I'm originally from Newark, New Jersey. I'm a city boy. City boy. <laughs> okay, so in the area that you're in right now, do you are, are you out of your element? <laughs> yeah, I've been out of my element, but, you know, it, it took some getting used to, but, you know, I, I'm always going to be a city boy. I still have my accident and everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the Southern accent, the Georgia accent isn't a bad one either. So if you happen to combine those two, it'd be pretty cool. Okay. So I want to know the language. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I want to say to the listeners, I got to know Jermaine. I think it was through Instagram. I had seen a little commercial or whatever for a trailer of a movie that we're going to talk about here in a little bit that he is. What's your title on that? Are you the producer or? Yeah, I'm the creator of Gumshee. I'm the CEO of Small Town Animation Studios. I'm the writer of Gumshee, and I'm just the the guy in charge. <laughs> <laughs> You're busy. You're a yes. busy man. Okay, so I always start every episode with tell us t- because everyone's diagnosis story is very different, and there's going to yes. be a couple of new questions with this, and I'm going to start asking all guests. Okay. So, yeah, give me a give me the lowdown on your diagnosis. Okay, my diagnosis is about 14 years ago. Um, my entire family had uh, the flu at the same time. I guess it was one of those bad flu seasons and my entire family was sick and everybody in my family started getting better except for me, myself. But during that time, uh, my wife, she has, she had bought a juicer and, you know, we call ourselves juicing and, you know, trying to just being on the juicing thing, whatever right. it was. Uh, and I didn't know what I know now about diabetes you know, all that sugar intake, I'm thinking it's just like, hey, I'm juicing every day. It's all good. Healthy. That was, yeah, that was really kind of just a build up to what I was already going through in my body. And um, before, you, could, you know, I was looking forward to it every day. I was juicing. I was doing like two or three apples, pineapples, just all of that Ooh. sugar combined. So 
one day, you know, everybody was okay, except for me. One day I woke up, my wife, she came in the room. I had the covers over my head and she pulled the cover back and was like, oh my God, you, something not right. You don't look right. And um, the inside of my throat, just like the walking dead, the inside of my throat was pushed in like a skeleton was mm. pushed in. And my cheeks was pushed in. And then I tried to speak. And when I tried to speak, the saliva in my mouth was like glue. You could actually see the saliva. Yeah. Like it, it was sticky, like glue, just like uh, Elmer's glue. It was sticky. And she was just like, oh, my God, I'm calling 911. I said, go ahead and call and let me get dressed. So she left the room. When I got up, I just fell to the ground. My my legs was like rubber bands. I could not walk. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand even, let alone walk. I couldn't stand. So next thing you know, I just blinked out. I, you know, I was kind of too, but the 911 people, uh, the ambulance people, the response people, they was, they was like frantic. They didn't right. know what was going on. So I just remember riding in the ambulance and everybody's talking about, check his glucose. It may be his glucose. They wasn't kind of sure what's going on, but they're talking to the people in the hospital yeah. where, I'm, where I'm going, but I can hear it going on in the ambulance. So when I got to that ICU unit, I'm still kind of out of it, but I hear what's going on. Right. And they're trying to figure out what is it. They got a heart. No, there's somebody check his glucose, check his glucose. So I'm in, at this point, I'm in the ICU unit already. And they just pricking my finger, pricking my finger, keep pricking it. And they're like, we can't get no readings. We can't get no readings. So they're talking amongst one another, like I'm out of it, but I still hear what's going on. Right. So one person said in the ICU unit said, I forgot what they call it. It's a unit that can check any amount of blood sugar. Right. And they told the person to go get that. And then when he went and got that, maybe a few minutes later, they said, oh, my God, uh, is your, your sugar, your glucose levels is 1,100. So they talking to me, but it's a lot of people in the room, but I don't know what that means. Right. You know, so they was like, you, did you have, did you have diabetes? Did you know you had diabetes? And I'm kind of out of it still. So I'm like, no, I don't know. No, I'm just giving them all kinds of slurred answers. And, yeah. You know, so at this point, they putting IVs in me mm-hmm. and I can hear what they're saying. They like three insulin drips, insulin drip, give them an IV put three, they put like three insulin drips in me and also they were shooting insulin. So they was trying to get it down fast as possible. Because at this point... You probably feel like shit, I mean, going into it. Yeah. You're, you're on your deathbed. But then being yes. dosed with that much insulin, I'm, I'm shocked that that didn't kill you in itself. I mean, they yeah. don't know how much to give for that, I would think. Yeah, but they the way they was doing it, I guess they knew the amount. Okay. Because at those levels, at 1100, you have to get that down. Yeah. So an insulin drip is exactly what it is. It's a drip, but they was also shooting insulin, not crazy. Like, you know, every minute, but they gave me a shot, but the drips was doing what they were supposed to do. They was dripping and dripping insulin. So I guess at any point they can pull the drip once they see the levels going down. So they want to constantly keep the insulin dripping in me so they could get the levels down. So, they would not go down right away from 1100. It went from 1100 to maybe, I think I heard him say 980. Like it wasn't going down fast enough. So at this point, the doctor was saying, let's just wait. Like it's a waiting. Like we can't, like just like you just said, they can't overdo it to the point where it just maybe something would have happened in my organs. If, they, if it would have shot down too fast, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but I just know. I was hooked up to all kinds of stuff. 
so, and it wouldn't yeah. go down fast enough. Yes. How long did you stay in the hospital? I was in ICU for five days. Five days. Okay. And let me just ask this, knowing where you live currently, were you diagnosed in New Jersey? No, but my doctor said that I had diabetes then. He said, there's no way your sugar levels could be that high and you not have juvenile diabetes. He said, there's no way possible. Right. So I was a diabetic then, but I, I never got diagnosed because I used back then when I was a child, when I was younger, rather, I used to go to the hospital a lot for asthma. Yeah. And when yeah. I went, I had asthma attacks a lot. So they wasn't concerned about nothing else. I would just go for asthma. They would make me breathe in a tube and a ball of oh, yeah. float up. You know, just an asthma thing. It was never diabetes. Right. Okay. So you're diagnosed with diabetes. They At that time, I'm sure they did call it juvenile diabetes, which is type one. Yes. Now know it's yes. very different from type two. And it's no longer juvenile because you can get type one diabetes at any age, which is so crazy to me. So do you, you're in the hospital for a few days, you start to get better and they release you. Do you feel like you got proper training in the time that you were in the hospital to go home? No, only because I didn't get any training at all until the last day to the last day. And I didn't want to go home because I was kind of concerned the last day. When my sugars was kind of regulated, my glucose levels was kind of regulated. And they say, okay, we think we got it under control. So it was like in the 180s, maybe 210, 205. So they say, okay, we think we can send you home now. You know, we think we got it under control. We monitor you for the last day. And they kind of, it's kind of been maintained. But I was like, at that point, I still didn't know about diabetes. I wasn't ready to go home and do everything they was doing in the hospital for myself. Right. So I was like, well, I'm asking questions at this point because they're telling me I'm leaving about four or five hours. Okay, so am I not supposed to eat this at four o'clock in the morning? I'm just asking a lot of questions. Right. So they didn't give me a diabetes one-on-one, 101 class. They mm-hmm. just said, this is how you check your sugar, prick your finger, shoot insulin. And these are the body parts where you can inject yourself. They didn't tell me a lot. They didn't tell me a lot of, you know, I don't know if it's because maybe the person, the nurse or whatever, didn't have a lot of knowledge of that. Like, I don't want to say why, but I just know they didn't give me a whole bunch of how to do so, how to keep everything. They just made sure eat right. That was, they did say that. They just wanted me to make sure that I ate properly, but that maintaining it wasn't really explained a lot. Well, and that's sat okay, that sat on so many levels. And I think immediately that they're more thinking that you're a type two because diet and exercise obviously are going to be so important in your diabetes management. Not that that's not important for type one, but you are now insulin dependent. You, I mean, so you walk away from the hospital, you go home and your wife is with you. And so through all this, and if I remember correctly, you didn't take reins right off the bat. Your wife was kind enough to give you the shots. Yeah, because I just, I was you still kind of scared. Were you scared? I wasn't really scared, but I was just more so concerned because yeah. when you don't, stuff like that, when you don't do it right, yeah. you know, it just becomes a problem. Yeah. Even now, I've been a diabetic for all these years. Even if I don't stick myself right now, blood might shoot out. Yeah. I might get a purple bruise that might yep. last two weeks. Yep. So I was just more so concerned, like, okay, you do it for me. I don't want to do it. You know, it was just yeah. like, it was just like a pushback. I just had like that pushback, like you do it. You, you know, I check my sugar, but as far as injecting myself, 
it didn't really, it didn't really set in just yet. Like, wow, yeah. I'm a diabetic. I gotta, I, so my wife did. She did it for a few weeks until I got to that point where I said, okay, I do it now. And, and yeah. I talked to a lot of different diabetics. I guess they get to that point where it's just like, I want to be off to myself. Yeah. You know, that's the diabetes community. I want to check my sugar in the room or bathroom by myself. I don't want nobody around. But that's not right away. But every diabetic has that phase where it's just like, okay, yeah, I'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things in, in our initial conversation. I was the same way. Like, I always removed myself from the table. No one ever knew what was going on. My friends from high school now say that I did a really good job of hiding it. And I don't think that that was, like, just intentional. I just didn't want to yes. burden anybody else with it. It's like, yes. this is what I have to deal with. You don't need to deal with it. Now, I will say, now, in the past 10 years, I'm, I will stay at the table and say, I'm going to sh- give a shot. I'm going to shoot up. If, if needles bother you, don't look. It'll take me 10 seconds, you know? Yeah. So do you feel the same way now? Now you feel more comfortable? and I mean, I feel comfortable to a certain point, but like I want to do it in a restaurant. But certain places, especially with this COVID stuff going on, you know, I find myself, me and my, me and my family, we may eat in the car and I'll be like, okay, we're going to eat in the car. Okay, let me pull my shirt up. I got a, I got a pin, a quick right. pin. So I might pull my shirt up. You know, my kids might be in the backseat or whatever, not just do it, like really not knowing just not like hey y'all i'm about to give myself a shot right. i just do it you know yeah and just be done with it yeah so but i won't do it at you know when people around at the kitchen table and you know if i'm at somebody's house or you know i'm still yeah. that way yeah. like okay let me go to the bathroom real quick because some people still can't deal with it that yeah. you have meaning me that i have right and then you know everybody one thing i'm noticing everybody is a is a diabetic diabetes critic like oh okay i'm a diabetic so i shouldn't have four four ice cubes in my glass you know i'm saying that to be funny but it's like okay you you know the amount of of sugar i'm supposed to have in my in my coffee like you know that i'm supposed to have this this, my slice of cake supposed to be this thin on so you know everybody's a critic about they think they know diabetes but they really don't that's where, oh, that's a fact. And everybody's diabetes is different. So you might yes. see things that I, my body doesn't react to well. And so one yes. of the things I really loved about our, our original talk was the fact that you said that type one diabetes was a family affair. Yes. But your yes, whole it family is. jumped in. Yes. Uh, it's a, not just, I'm just not too long ago finding out about that. My dad, he passed away years, many years ago, but I'm just finding out that he died. You know, he had cancer. I, I knew that growing up, but I didn't know the diabetes side. So I'm like, wow, my dad died with diabetes and nobody never told me. You know, right. I guess it was, didn't matter. He's, he died. So, but yeah, my grandmother, my brother, my brother now, my uh, great grandfather, just so many people down the line. But this, this type of stuff is never discussed in a family. This is the type of discussions you need to have, especially when you have children. You need to find out just like they, how they got. You know, I forgot the uh, the platform where you find out your ancestors and oh yeah, they need one of those platforms to see who has what down the line. Oh, great 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 grandmother had cancer, or this person had lupus two generations ago. You know, they need that kind of stuff so we could know what's going on in our bodies before it actually comes. You know, forth. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how many kids do you have? Two or three? I have four four daughters. Four daughters. Yes. Jiminy Christmas is all I got to say. I'm one of three <laughs> girls and I know dad still talks about the hell we put him through. <laughs> yeah. What are the ages of your girls? Uh, 25, 23, 14, and eight. Eight. Okay. Wow. You got your hands full. 
Yes. And when I, you were talking about it being a family affair, your family really rallied. And I'm, I mean, your immediate family, whenever it came to eating differently, reading labels and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was uh, when I first got diagnosed, I wish we had a camera to follow us into the grocery store because it would have just been a whole reality show. <laughs> so the first time we went grocery shopping after I was diagnosed, it was we spent about three and a half hours in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know no better. My wife didn't know no better. We was trying to figure it out. We reading labels and we were reading them wrong. Mm-hmm. Now we know about the servings and this and that. But we was reading the labels wrong. But the main thing we was looking for, which is not the only thing with diabetes, was sugar. Yeah. So there's other things in the on the label that you have to read. And also you got to pay attention to the servings. Yeah. So it was just a whole mess. But eventually, eventually we got it together. But that's another thing that's not talked about really in the diabetes community, a label reading. Yeah. So it's important for di- even pre-diabetics. We need to, you need to read labels before you, it crosses you over and you're like, hold up, I was eating right, but you wasn't reading labels properly. So you wasn't eating right. right. You might have been even like, like what they call eating healthy. You can eat too much of that and still carry yourself over into diabetes. Absolutely. You know. But a lot of people don't talk about that. Okay, here's one of the here's a question for you, and I'm asking. This is going to be a standard question for all. Yes, it's because when I interviewed Tracy D. Brown from the American Diabetes Association, we got into an, just an organic conversation about food deserts and um, yes. access to proper health care, and that's for everybody. Like, and so, do you feel like in the area that you live currently, you have access to healthy food? Yes, where I live too, but mainly underserved communities they are food deserts and now you know i'm starting to see more of a variety on in um, dollar generals they're trying to have like a more so of a smaller healthy choice kind of thing but it still doesn't take up for what's going on in the community because that's just one store and it's not a 24 hour store it's not a store where it's just like wow i'm gonna go grocery shopping at dollar general or family dollar or no, so there are food deserts in the communities. You're like, I don't know. The nearest Whole Foods to me is, I think, maybe an hour and 20 minutes, maybe. Maybe an hour and 15, 15, 20 minutes. Whole Foods. Okay, well, and Whole Foods, I mean, and the, granted, I love Whole Foods and I shop there when I can. Yeah, me too. But did you have access to like a, a Walmart marketplace or something that would have fresh vegetables or things yeah, like that? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's where we shop at now. We shop at okay. Walmart um, marketplace. You know, and, and it's, but yeah, I'm just curious yeah. because WalMarts are everywhere. So yeah, you know, what, what do you have yeah. access to in your area? Uh, just Walmart. Just Walmart. That's about it. Just Walmart, and you got to drive the distance for more of a health, more healthy option. Yeah, uh, it's going on almost two years. I haven't ate any meat. Um, because I, you know, I was just doing research. Yeah. Well, meat is bad for diabetics. Let me say that. And I know a lot of diabetes, diabetics, people are not going to like that, but meat stays in your body a long time. It's harder it, to digest. And it, it, it's it harder to digest and it will that. bring your glucose yeah. levels up. So, you know, no matter how much you try to eat healthy, eat healthy, and you wonder why your A1C is this and that, it's most likely because of meat. I'm not saying the sweet stuff, the sodas and uh, meat plays an important role in your body because it doesn't come out of your body just as fast as other stuff and it can bring your glucose levels up. So I, I, it's going on about two years. I stopped eating meat, but yeah. for us grocery store, yes, grocery store, we shop at the Walmart marketplace and they have a lot of more healthy options than, you know, than normal. Right. 
Okay, so I want to jump in because I don't want this podcast to be 42 hours long, even though we could yeah. definitely talk that long. Is Okay, so one of the reasons why I really wanted to interview you initially was because of Gumshee. And yes. the trailer and all the information about this this animated film. Is that what you call it, animated film? Yeah, it's a 3D animation film. I'll let you do a, do the plug for it. But it was really cute, and I've got a lot of questions. So give, give a little yes. example of what it's about. The inspiration behind Gumshee is me becoming a diabetic. Gumshee is me. So, you know, now tell people that and say, how, how do you come up with Gumshee? Gumshee is me, but I just took myself out of the p- equation and put my daughter into the equation. Gumshee looks like my daughter. She has braids and everything. So the whole idea of Gumshee was, hey, I'm going to put my lifestyle, my diabetes experience and bring my daughter into play of the look of it, the look of diabetes, because I didn't want a boy or a man superhero. They, it's, the industry is flooded with, with male superheroes. So I wanted a girl. And she's a 14-year-old African-American girl from an underserved community. So she have diabetes, but she's not a diabetic superhero. She's just a superhero that has diabetes. Well said. Along, yeah, well, along yeah. with her superpowers, it doesn't erase her lifestyle. It doesn't take away that she still has to eat healthy. Her superpowers only work when her glucose levels are maintained. Mm-hmm. So she, yes, that's the, that's what the whole play with Gumshee is. It's really a health and wellness movie. It's spoon-fed. You're going to get the action. You're going to get the superhero stuff. You're going to get the comic book play. But when you walk away from Gumshee, you're going to know how to live with diabetes, what's going on in the underserved communities about uh, diabetes products, the pricing of insulin. Mm-hmm. So with, with Gumshee, her mom has to still figure out pricing, how she's going to pay for insulin, insurance, shopping. The community doesn't have a lot of healthy options. Yeah. So that's what Gumshee is all about. It's really, and that's what our partnership with American Diabetes Association yeah. Health Health Equity now comes into play yeah. because it aligns with the storyline of what they're doing as well. So we just partner to get um, for Gumshee to be a visual to health equity now. Okay, let me ask you this, and because the basis of this story is a black girl in an underserved yes. community, yes, and I'm asking everybody this now. Well, yeah. In a different way, obviously. But as a black man, do you feel like you have access to the best health care? Do you feel like you've had the best education as an adult of living with this disease? No, I don't. And I'm speaking for myself in, a, in the entire community because it's not only me. I would be selfish if I just said it was about me, me, me. It's about the whole community nationwide that doesn't have the access to proper health care diabetes assistance and not just with insulin but even far as getting a meter you know they're not these kind of situations doesn't really exist in a lot of these communities and when i say underserved it's not just a black thing so let's just get that out of the craziness you know you have hispanics you have caucasians you have mexicans and different races that's going through the same thing they still underserved they still can't get the proper health care dealing with diabetes and the educational part is definitely missing from a lot of these communities. It's not a lot of clinics. You know, you know what they do? They they say, hey, if you want diabetes uh, information, go to the YMCA. What? I, I don't know why they put in these kind of things in those situations because those are kid organizations. Yeah. What if a grown person say, hey, I need some diabetes education? Can I go to the, where's the health clinic at? 
So yeah, so it's, it's just a whole thing about underserved communities that's missing dealing with diabetes. They have cancer, they have AIDS, they have more of all of these different illnesses. But when it comes down to diabetes, it seems to be like something's missing. I don't know if it's the seriousness of it. It's a slow, it's a slow okay. death dealing yeah. with diabetes. Or but when you look at all these other illnesses, it's like yeah, you could go to this hospital, you could go here, you could go there, but with diabetes is real limited. Well, and I will say here in Oklahoma, and this is, I'm thankful to have a number of institutions to where if I can't get my insulin or don't have the money to do something, I can call somebody and, and, but that's only because I have great friends and great connections. I think about the people in rural areas or whatever. And even if you have to drive three hours to get your insulin, I mean, they're there and have you ever seen a diabetes educator, certified diabetes educator? Have I ever seen a certified diabetes educator? No, I haven't. In order to be able to see that, it would have to be, a, I don't quote me on this. What kind of program? It's a program and you'd have to have a, a recommendation or a referral from your doctor in order to see that person. And, and they don't get paid well. And insurance doesn't really want you. I mean, they don't want to pay for it if you have insurance. So see, I never heard of that. I, yeah. I, I never knew that existed until you... I didn't never know that was an option for people when they go to the doctor and say, hey, I'm going to refer you to a diabetes educator. I never heard of that. Maybe uh-huh. maybe it's like what we're saying in our communities, but I never heard of that anywhere. For me being a diabetic all these years, I never heard of that. Wow. Okay. Well, that says a lot. And so hopefully the people yeah. who are listening, you know, and I know you're an advocate as much as I am. And we're yeah. trying to bring awareness to what this disease is, what it costs and how we can better each other's lives. So if you're listening as a patient, it's our responsibility to hold our GPs and everybody else accountable. Hey, we want to see these people. What free resources are available for me at this time? You know, like you mentioned, Walmart, Walmart has an off brand. So does Target. So if you're listening and you can't afford one of the bigger brands of meters, there's also all kinds of subscription services now for less than $10. You can get 150 strips mailed to your house. If your doctors are not telling you about that and you're not a part like we are of the online diabetes community, you're never going to know that stuff is available. Yeah. I, I know that now, but because I'm in this, I got this whole movie thing with Gumshi, yeah. but I didn't know about the subscription. I was never told about any subscription service dealing with test strips, meters, until all of these brands want to be a part of the movie. I'm like, yeah. they, and they say, Hey, I, you know, you just pay a monthly fee and you get test strips and, I'm like, I never Never heard of that. that. Why is this information? Why is this information not out there like that? Okay, let me ask you. Do you wear a CGM? Yes. You're wearing the Libre. Which, okay, you don't have to say this if you don't want to. What's Mm -hmm. your blood sugar right now? I haven't checked it just yet. I haven't checked it since earlier. Okay, I'm at 192. It's been a rough day. Okay. (laughs) But I love the fact, and I'm saying this because we both have access to a device. Yes. That provides us a better quality of life. And they are not affordable. For a lot of people. No, they're not. No, they're not. Yeah. Yeah, they, it should be some kind of, I don't know if it's, you know, far as with Dexcon, they got so many, it's just so much red tape. That's what I don't like. And I be getting emotional when I talk about this because it's so much red tape to, for, for, for devices, for people to survive. Like, you know, I asked this one company just recently and I said, Hey, I, I met somebody online for my gumption movie. And they say their mother need a uh, device, a CGM. Now I ask this company, can you send her one? Don't send it to me. Send it to her. She's in the Middle East. She needs a device really bad. And it's just so much red tape, you know, which it doesn't have to be. 
So when I talked to one company, and I'm not going to say their name, but I talked to one company, I said, hey, you know, they want to they want to partner with the Gumption movie. And I said, hey, we want to give away some CGMs with the movie. Yeah. They said, you know, we got a program where you just do the copay. I said, I didn't say that. I said, we want to give away yeah. some. Yeah. I said, you trying to get money from the, the people. I'm telling you, I want to give to the people. So yeah. it's a disconnect. Oh, there's a definitely a disconnect. That's one of my life missions is to make sure that everybody has access to the devices that they need. Because wouldn't you say that now being not having a CGM is easier to manage your diabetes? To a certain point. It's also frustrating. I, no, I, I understand what you're saying, but to a certain point, because it's still, I don't care if I got a CGM, if I don't have access to good groceries and shopping yeah. and healthy foods, what good is the CGM to keep reminding me that my sugar is high yeah. because of what I'm eating? So, you know, that's why I say to a certain point, it's it's cool to know your glucose levels, but it's not cool to keep being reminded my glucose levels is only this because of my surroundings. Yeah. In my community that I live in, is I can only do but so much, especially parents that got to shop for their diabetic child. And they say, hey, I only, could, I only could do but so much. The healthy stuff is more expensive. So I only could do but so much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, CGM is cool and glucose meters is cool. You got to you know, look at you to your, your you glucose. To one or the other in order to manage your Yeah, diet. you got to monitor your yeah. glucose. Yeah. Well, here's the thing too, and my friend Jenny just popped in because I um, put a, a Libre on her father who has type 2, and he, he's oh, okay. independent. And, you know, he loved, it was, I loved watching him talk about the trends because he could see when he ate a bowl of raisin bran or whatever. Yes. It be that he could see what it did to his blood sugar. Well, they've been fighting insurance <laughs> for months. And they will not, they will not provide access uh, to the CGM for him. And so I don't know if it's his age or the fact that he's tied to, but I will say no offense to either any of the companies. I'm not going to bash on that, but there's going to be a run for the money because there's 39 CGM companies currently yes. in the market. It's going to be readily available just like you can buy cough syrup. Yes. At CVS or whatever, you know what I mean? Well, and the startups are the ones that are, like I said, giving everybody else a run for the money. And I think that they're seeing the discrepancy in healthcare for a lot of people. And maybe they're taking that to the bank literally and, and giving more. I'll just leave it at that. It's not a yeah. driven device, whatever. So I want to go back to Gumshee because yes. we, I want to focus on what, what do you hope people will get out of this movie? The main thing that we hope, we hope that the people support it. Because we know the diabetes community is going to support it, but we want other people to support it because a portion of all proceeds for Gumshee from the licensing, from the music soundtrack, from everything dealing with the brand, a portion of that goes to insulin assistance in communities worldwide. So that's one thing. But the main thing we we really hope is that for people to to take it serious, like this is a prevention movie. This is an awareness movie. So when you walk away from it and while you're watching the brand, we just want them to take diabetes serious because it is serious. When you watch the trailer, people think it's dramatical. And they say, wow, someone just told me the other day, they say, I could tell that the little girl is going through something dramatical, drastic. Right. She's in a hospital. I say, yes, yeah, she is. She's going through what I went through. She's in a hospital. Her glucose levels was at 1100. That's yeah. very serious. Yeah. So. I like that the guy said that because it's true. You could tell. I wanted it to be like, wow, what's going on? She just not sleep in a hospital bed. It looked like she's dying or something. Yeah. She may be, she's in a coma. So we want people to walk away from this movie like, I need to get myself together. I need to, to maintain my, my health. 
You know, if it ain't diabetes, it could be uh, anything, cancer. It could be high group. It could be blood pressure. It could be uh, cholesterol. The main thing, I need to get myself together with my eating, with my exercise, and just decision-making, dealing with health, healthy choices. Okay, does your daughter, what does your daughter think about the character looking like her? Oh, they love it because it looks like them. You know, they can identify with Gumshee. There'll be a picture in the show notes of his family so you can see. What's her name? Justice. Her name is Justice in the movie, too, Justice Johnson. Okay. So they, they love it. Because for one thing, they love Elsa and Nana. They love Frozen. Oh, yeah. But after Frozen goes off, where is Frozen? You know, right. after Gumshee goes off, they can look in the mirror and Gumshee's right there. Their mom could braid their hair and they could see Gumshee right there without turning on the TV or anything. Right. So they can, you know, I made Gumshee. And I want to let everybody know I made Gumshee uniform, her suit, her superhero suit. It's just regular clothing. It's a leather jacket. It's leather pants. It's sneakers. Because I want people to feel like, hey, when I go school shopping, I'm going to dress like Gumshoe. I don't have to wait till Halloween. So I did that on purpose to have the outfit look like an everyday outfit. And they could feel empowered, like, especially the diabetes, the diabetic children. They could feel like, I don't have to wait till Halloween to dress like, you know, feel empowered. A superhero. I mean, literally. Yes. Yes. Okay, and so I know you come from a medical, not a medical, excuse me, a musical background. Are you, I'm going to say, creating, composing, writing the music for it? Well, no, I have um, a great composer. His name is Malik Mitchell. He's a part of, he's a head of music for Small Town Animation. But of course, I oversee everything. You know, I oversee everything as far as music, the score and everything. And we're going to have some, you know, announcement with that too as well. But the whole, the whole script for Gumshee, I wrote the whole movie. It's, you know, it's easy to write because it's my life. Yeah. You know, so along with it being my life, I'm also a songwriter. I come from the music business. So I was always told if you could write music, you could write a movie, you could write an episode. So that's what I did. You know, I just took those skills, mixed in with my life. And then you have gumption. I love that. Now, if I wanted to, and I, I, this is impromptu, so I apologize. Yes. If, if I wanted to listen to your music and things that you've written or performed, do you have anything out there so I can listen? I'd love to hear what you have put out. <laughs> yeah. I, see, that that's what I don't want to get. I don't want to mix those two words. Okay, no, I get I, it. I, I Message me privately. You, I'd love to listen. Yeah, I could send you stuff behind the scenes, but, you know, I don't want to mix my music world with what <laughs> I'm doing now because yeah. people, will, they already say basketball players can't sing or boxers can't act, go into film. I don't want them, I want them to judge me by this my film stuff now, but I could send you links to my music you know, yeah, as well. I I, I'm always up for new music. Yes. Um, okay. So when I know this is kind of a tentative date, but we're yes. going to get the film out on national diabetes day of November 14th. But if we miss that date, we're going to do a trailer, extended trailer on that day. Yeah. Same way people are excited about the Super Bowl and everybody want to show their commercials during the Super Bowl. Well, that particular day for the whole diabetes world, we want to show an extended, never seen before trailer. And actually, in this trailer, you will get to see the villain of the movie. And then a new release date will be November, excuse me, February 5th, 2022. That's National Bubblegum Day. Yeah. So, so we're trying to still do marketing on the diabetes side, but bubblegum is her superpowers. So we're trying to release the film on National Bubblegum Day if we miss the release date. I love it. You guys are really, yeah. really well planned out. Like I need your PR team, apparently. Yes. <laughs> we try. We try. It's a lot of work. 
it's a lot of work. And so, and I, what I love about this, I'm sure you're fully, you're funding this yourself. And yes, this is a, like a lot of us, a passion project, you know, yes, that you're going to be changing lives with this, which I can't wait a to watch the full film, but also to see the ripple effect of, of how it, how it affects people. Yes. It, it is a, that's a sign. We're just going to go full fledged with gumption, but we're going to introduce the water through gumption. And that's yeah. why you see. She has a water bottle. That's going to be the water of the movie, Gumshi. We're pushing water. Not soda, not juice, but 100% spring water with flavor. That's that's solid product placement right there. Yes. And that's, I mean, it really is, I and mean, that's important, especially because it, it goes to a good cause. And I yes. will say that I've been begging Jermaine kind of about how I want to create, like, a watch party and all these things. And I know that you're going yes. to be working with the American Diabetes Association possibly on that. So we'll definitely... Well, Stay yeah, tuned to hear more. Yeah, we're, we're trying to work something out. Even if we do something on the side where we may give away some stuff. Because like I said, I'll be announcing our partners soon. Yeah. We're going to do several online parties. and Maybe we could give away some stuff. We have different opportunities for this film. So I would love, we give back brand. You know, we love to give back. So we make a set something up, which I would like to just give away whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It could be shirts. It could be product. It could be water. You know, whatever it may be. My gumshoe t-shirt. I would be wearing it right now if I had a gumshoe t-shirt. No, I got you on that. We're working that out on the um, merch side now. So I definitely going to send you some, you know, a gumshoe shirt and probably some more stuff too as well. And hey, everybody listening um, in the show notes, there'll be some merch opportunities that you can buy all the things that he's talking about. And like you, like you heard, he's going to be giving back a good portion of the proceeds to access insulin and different organizations. So I'm one of your number one fans and I will gladly help. Thank you market anything and what and i look forward to you know a follow-up episode maybe next year or whatever just to see the outcome of all this like i said and i always want to support t1d people with diabetes entrepreneurs because we all are paying an astronomical amount for this disease and i want to support you through marketing financially however i can do it and so keep up the good thank work you appreciate and, it. Um, appreciate let it. me know what i can do to help yeah i definitely will let you know I would let you, besides the American Diabetes Association, I would let you know so you can put out on your platform who our partners are, meaning, you know, because we're talking with a bunch of people yeah. when we're getting closer to closing, whether it's our meter partner, our, yeah. our, our diabetes partners on the diabetes products, our our um, grocery store partner, yeah. just whoever we partner with, I'll let you know so you can share it first. Well, and Jermaine, I think, you know, something I'd really like to do, and I'm pitching this yes. to you now, because I'm going to take the I host a real life diabetes happy hour, which is just it's an hour of happiness with people who get it from across the world. It's been mm-hmm. virtually for the past year, but I'm about to take the show on the road and be in oh, okay. with that being said, I think a fun project that maybe we could do together. I would love to come to Georgia. We walk the grocery store together. Let's talk oh, about that. Would be, I would love that. I definitely would love that. I would love that. You know, whenever we can schedule that out, hopefully it's around. The film time, yeah. get some press and, you know, invite the media, you know. So we're doing a lot of things. I would definitely include what we're doing yeah. with that. I'll hit you up Man. in the near future about More looking at things. A lot of press behind. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I will That's say real if, if I wasn't um, so foodie, and I say that loosely, and that I, I cut out beef and pork when I was 14. Oh, okay. My family and friends, you know, now I'm gluten-free just because I'm trying something new. I mean, I'm so hardcore about what I'm eating. And I know not everybody's like that, but reading labels for me is still even difficult. And so. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah me too. So we'll, we'll put a fun spin on it to hopefully yes. educate and uh, encourage people to start looking at stuff a little bit more. 
Yes, because you got to be careful too. Because I'll be watching diners driving all those oh, cooking shows. Yeah, I watch that and I watch when they do their ingredients and they mix this stuff. I said, wow, they just added so much sugar to whatever it was they was making. I was like, me and my wife was discussing. That's why we like, you think you're watching what you eat. Then you wonder why your glucose level may be 220. You're like, I just ate at a restaurant. I only ate this, but they put so much in these ingredients. It's hard to measure out. You know, so that's that's real difficult. Even when we talk about reading labels, you can't read what's going on in the back, how they make that's it. That's a fact. And I got to yeah. tell you something funny, and I cannot believe you mentioned that show. And this is about to come out on my end for my marketing is I'm about to create a whole new, I'm about to release a whole new TikTok series about me watching Diners, Drives, and Dives. I love it. I love learning about because I love cooking with my friends, but mm-hmm. I'm going to put my own spin on things for somebody like myself who may be gluten-free or low-carb or whatever. As a person with diabetes, I know that we can eat anything that we want, but I want to have that really rich meal that I saw made in Maine and, but I know that it would wreck my gut or whatever. So I'm going to put diabetes on it. I want to go to a restaurant and be like, can I make that with you? But I'm going to put a spin on it. Let's do this together. Yeah. You eat that. That's fine. You just better have some insulin by you. You know? (laughs) Yeah. It just be so crazy how much sugar... Just the other day, my wife was making something. And I said, you putting sugar in spaghetti? I This whole time, I did not know that my wife put sugar in spaghetti. Well, people. And um, she got that from somebody. Yep. She said, well, yeah, you add a little bit of sugar to take away the bitterness. I said, my God, no wonder people is having a hard time controlling their A1C yeah. and their glucose. You're putting sugar in everything. Well, so, people, the average person, they don't know how much sugar is in ketchup. No, they don't. I mean, ketchup. They don't. I mean, I, I don't eat ketchup. I mean, for the very reason that I would have to give four units of insulin to eat the other things. <laughs> no, they don't. It. No, they don't. And I try to, like, mm-hmm. my, thank God my daughter wasn't diagnosed with anything as of yet. But when I see them do certain stuff, I say, hold up. That's too much sugar. You drinking too many sodas. Like, you know, I'm talking about my older daughter that actually can go to the store herself and buy a soda. Yeah. So I'm telling her, like, you drinking too many sodas. Hold up now. You know, so... It's hard to tell her. That's why people say, how come you didn't do an older diabetic superhero? Because it's so hard to tell a grown person what to do. Yes, it's, it's, it's easy to influence children so they can carry that over to adulthood. But yeah. telling a grown person, hey, don't eat this or don't eat that. I eat what I want to eat. I do what I want to do. Okay, suit yourself. But that's what we're speaking to the younger people. If you older and you get something out of it, that's fine. We want yeah. you to get something out of gum sheet. But the younger people is who we trying to reach to make those better decisions. I love that. Yes, you got to start them young. And the younger yes. people, especially when they are staying with their grandparents or yes. grandparent is co-parenting, if the kid makes, and I say that loosely, helps make the decisions in what to eat, maybe they can make a positive uh, impact. And I'm going to end yes. it with this. And Jermaine, yes. because you have four beautiful daughters, yes. are you worried at any level about them having type 1 diabetes? Yes, I am. I am worried because, you know, just like how I found out about the lineage down the line, you just never know. They may not have it now, but maybe years later, something may happen. Maybe when they start having children and like, you know, because I know when a lot of women have children, whatever that diabetes is called. Gestation. Yeah. So I don't know where that may take them. They first child, then they may have some kind of diabetes. I don't know. God forbid, but. If so, they definitely know how to maintain it from watching me. Yeah. So, you know. Well, thanks for being a positive role model. Yes. You're welcome. Really. Thank, 
Well, Jermaine, thank you so much for your time. I look forward to, and I'll stalk you in the near future about ways that we can work together on stuff. I can't wait to stroll the aisles of the grocery store with you and hopefully your wife, because I'd like to meet her now since she's uh, taking care of you. Yes, Yes, that would be, that would be really fun. We could make it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that already. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, have a good weekend and I will talk to you soon. Thank you. I enjoyed it. All right. Bye-bye, Jermaine. Bye. I love connecting with creative entrepreneurs. Jermaine is thinking outside of the box and I'm confident Gumshee will be well-received by the diabetes community and beyond. Keep up the good work, Jermaine. Before I wrap up, I have a few quick reminders. Number one, the affiliates page is live and growing. If you would like to join the list of reputable brands, please shoot us an email to Penelope at DiabetesDailyGrind.com. Number two, I know you're listening. Thank you for that. So be kind and throw a little change my way. Funds raised help keep the website, podcast, and advocacy efforts afloat. You can make a one-time donation or a monthly one. If you're super kind, that would be awesome by clicking the link in the show notes. And finally, I'm here for my diabetes and the medical community. So feel free to contact me on any social media platform or directly at amber at diabetesdailygrind.com. Connecting with you makes my heart happy. Your continued support and love are the reason I keep the episodes coming. Cheers to the highs and lows, everyone. Yes, It's a daily grind, it's a daily grind, it's a daily grind.